0: Welcome to the Beers and Ears Podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome in to the Beers and Ears Podcast, everyone. My name is Matt. Oh, wait, no, it's Casey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My name is Matt. (laughs) Uh, How's it Uh, going, buddy? What's up? Oh, my goodness. Uh, It's, you know, my brain sometimes just shuts down. So maybe Ah, I just can't start the podcast anymore. Just
1: have me me do it. Just just have you do it. I don't know. (laughs) Well, welcome into the Mirrors and Ears podcast, everybody. We have got uh, an exciting show. Um, We are diving back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 5 with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, a much anticipated, um, uh, sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One and Volume Two. As I was doing my research for this map before we get into the news, um, I couldn't believe it's been six years
0: since volume two. It's been a while. Now wow. like, the bridge was the did you watch the holiday special? I did. I did. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But
1: even then though, the holiday special was just last year. That was still yeah. five years. Now part of that has to do with what happened with James Gunn, which which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just it had been hard to believe that it's been it's been six years. And, and even then it's been nine years since Guardians kind of came on the scene and it was this movie that I don't think Disney expected to um, take off but we'll, we'll get there in a minute yeah, we yeah. have some news to get to Yeah, um, breaking um, I want to say this broke on two, on May 8th so this broke on uh, what day was that? May 8th like was Monday. West, so yeah, Monday Monday of last week um, Disney just kind of quietly announced like some major things that are going to affect in a positive way for the most part, how you experience, uh, uh, Disney parks specifically Walt Disney world in 2024. Um, so I'm just going to go through them, Matt. I want to hear kind of your thoughts on that. So the, the first and the big one was that, well, not, I don't say that, they're all big. So the first one was 2024 pricing officially rolls out May 31st. Of this year so from a travel agent perspective hallelujah i've got like seven people waiting for 2024 pricing <laughs> so it's like can finally give them 2024 pricing. exactly yeah yeah um so th- you probably don't know a whole lot about this but the way disney does this is they don't let you um basically you can book up to i think it's 499 days in advance just regular tickets but packages, they, they kind of come out May or June of the year before through the following year's end. So, like, this is, like, this is the earliest you can book a 2024 package is May 31st. And what I've been telling people is this, like, discounts aren't going to be out there yet. Like, they're just, just going to be the, the rack rates. But as discounts come about, this is one of the benefits of working with the travel planner. We can apply those discounts um, yeah. as they come
0: out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's always nice to be able to see, okay, what are the packages? Can I start planning my trip? You know, at least get it on the calendar there. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. yeah. Some people say, is it, you know, is there, is it
1: too early to start planning there? It is possible to be too early in some regards. Like I've got one person on my calendar right now who wants to book. He he told me last year in like July that he's looking for a 2025 trip. Like, oh, okay, well, I've got you in my to-do list. I'm not going to forget about you, yeah. but there's not much I can do right now. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, that's a lot. So, all right, next big one. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on this because I personally like these, but I know a lot of people didn't. Theme park reservations are going away for date-based tickets. Yeah.
0: I I think the the caveat there, what you said, date-based tickets, Mm -hmm. that I, I think what they've figured out is they can kind of still go... All right, we have an idea of where we need to staff things based mm-hmm. on who has bought tickets for what date. Correct. So I do think it is a good move in that I don't have I can have a little bit of flexibility where it's like, "Oh man, you know what? I actually really do want to go here today." Um but still I think it's a good happy medium. I think it's a good compromise. I think and I'm going to
1: talk more about this when we get to the Genie Plus part of this. I think this in tandem with the updates they're making to genie plus and the fact that she still can make dining reservations 60 days out i think they've got enough input to be able to determine what where their staffing needs to be exactly and it's not a capacity issue anymore they can date based tickets can very easily just say hey you know what this is how many people we sold this is how many people we can expect between the parks you know it's not a covid safety thing anymore yeah right um, for annual pass hold- holders, um, in 2024, we plan to offer select days on which our annual pass holders may visit Walt Disney World without needing a park reservation. So if you're an annual pass holder, you still have to make park reservations because they're not date-based tickets. You can go whenever you want, but they are, are you know rolling out this idea like there's going to be certain days that this really is not a big deal. And this is on top of the fact that Any pass holder can go to any park after 2 p.m. except for Magic Kingdom on Saturdays, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like like they're called good to go days, you know, as a pass holder, obviously, I'm not in the state. So it's a little bit different for me. I'm probably planning how I want to do it anyway. Yeah. but For the pass holders who are in the state, totally get it. Um you know, it's funny, this one happens to be interesting when it comes to uh, something we talked about in the waste of monies episode. Effective later this month and including all 2024 reservations, the names of some room categories at deluxe resorts are being simplified to resort view, water view, theme park view, um, which is really interesting because they used to have things like garden view, pool view pond view now it's just a simple resort view water view theme park view they don't have preferred anymore in those deluxe resorts which is interesting
0: yeah i I think you're gonna see more of just you get what you get unless you're gonna you know pay for us like the top they're simplifying it yep
1: They are continuing along the lines uh, for those staying on property. You get the early uh, theme park entry for visits through 2024. And if you're at Deluxe Disney, you also get to stay during extended evening hours. Um, That's kind of staying the same. Then this is the one that's still kind of interesting. We have heard from guests that they would like ways to plan with Disney Genie Plus service and individual Lightning Lane selections before the day of their park visit. And while we don't have specifics yet to share, we want you to know that we are working on ways guests may do this for visits in 2024. We want to give guests the opportunity to spend less time planning in the park. Hallelujah. My yes. phone battery, my phone battery. Thanks you. And more time enjoying their visit with friends and family. What this sounds like, and I have absolutely no information whatsoever, but what this sounds like to me is we're going to still have a paid experience, but we might be able to make those first three reservations or those first couple of reservations before we ever go to the park.
0: That is a huge win. Yes. Huge win. Yes, Because you, Disney, that was the nice thing about going into a park day with fast pass was that you kind of had a little bit of the skeleton of your day. Planned Absolutely. Out. Like, all right, we're going to hit this first, then we're going to go do this. And then we can kind of putz around a little bit.
1: I kind and- of got
0: to experience
1: that with our Hollywood studios day because we weren't getting there until late. So I bought the genie plus early in the morning and just started stacking Reservations up for when we were going to be there By the time we got to Hollywood Studios Matt We had five Genie Pluses Yeah Like that's the way it should be I I, I mean I don't know if you bought Genie Plus When you were down there I or didn't know no. But I'm telling you It is comical when you look around and you just see everyone down on their phones like this or in like you don't get the chatter of people talking or playing heads up anymore or, you know, having trivia conversations or looking for hidden Mickeys because usually the leader is in charge on their phone and maybe the whole group's looking. Well, let's go here. Let's go here. It's become so digital
0: you know? Yeah. Well, it just, that that was one of those things where it was taking away from the experience at the park. Like, and you weren't the only one that was saying that where it was, I have to. Yes, I was Matt. Come on now. Disney (laughs) listens to our podcast. They, they took their advice straight from this podcast. Well, I mean, so it's, it's this like, okay, we want to experience the park. And, and it's not to say that we want to be able to schedule every single ride and schedule out our day. But like you said, can you get, three of them the day before can you get two of them can you get one uh, something that just says here's i know that when i walk into today and this is especially good with kids where to say these are the things we are going to do today we are guaranteed to
1: be able to do these Mm -hmm. i would i would like them to be able to roll out and get rid of the individual lightning lane and just roll it into the genie plus service even if the genie plus service ends up being a little bit more money yeah roll it in there like come on man like that's just that was a blatant money grab you know or or go to something similar to the way that um universal does their express pass you know i mean i don't
0: know you know i I, i'm curious if that's if they'll ever go to that because i actually think that in terms of like skipping line things i like the universal one a little bit better yeah yeah a pretty premium cost you're paying more than disney plus don't get you're paying way more than disney plus genie plus yeah genie plus sorry uh not disney plus uh uh genie plus but the fact that on the on the highest tier of that pass i just get to cut in line the entire day for all rides. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, I'm willing to pay yeah. a little bit more for that.
1: And if you're looking for ways to get your, your guests to stay on property at some of your higher-end resorts, do what Universal does. You know, offer it as an advantage. Maybe at your deluxe resorts, it's free. At your moderate resorts, it's half price or something like that. I don't know. Now, I granted a good chunk of the people who are there might already still be on property. Although I can't say that you've seen that
0: parking lot on a
1: busy day. I mean, it's insane, right?
0: Well, and that's the key. Like that costs you, you want to talk about getting people to stay on property and stay at you know high-end resorts. That's a way to do it that really costs you nothing. Absolutely. Costs you absolutely nothing. Exactly. Absolutely nothing. Well, then, of
1: course, there is the big one, my friend. 2024, Disney has officially announced the return of the dining plan. Here's what it says. Disney dining plans will be coming back as an option for those staying at Disney Resort Hotels who purchase a vacation package with us starting with stays beginning January 9th, 2024, which will also be open for bookings on May 31st. We know our guests and families in particular have missed dining plans. Oh, yes, they have. Which are prepaid and offer added convenience and peace of mind. Guests will be able to choose from two popular options, packages that include the quick service plan, as well as the um, uh, Disney dining plan. Both will be great value for families with young children with access to many spectacular food and beverage offerings across Walt Disney World. Um, Now, look, we've talked on this podcast uh, probably three years ago, back before we knew they weren't bringing it back, that perhaps the dining plan is not for everybody. And as a travel planner. It's not. I'm going to have that conversation with you about what it entails and what it doesn't. But for those of you who like the ability to kind of have that all-inclusive, I've paid for everything, I don't have to worry anything about, worry about anything else but souvenirs while I'm down here, this is a great plan for you. If you're a foodie, this is an amazing plan for you. If you plan to go visit a lot of character meals, this is a great plan plan for you in fact you might even come out saving money if you do that
0: yeah I think that's the key like I think if it's a couple like if me and my wife were to go it's probably not worth it absolutely but for my kids if I if we bring our kids it it gets in that like you said with those character meals Mm -hmm. and especially if we want to do multiple ones you know, it, it's, it's, and, and like you said, it, it depends on how you want to do your vacation, but I, it's a huge win that it's back.
1: Yeah. That, it's, be, it's it's the flexibility that's yeah, there. That's
0: huge what's win that important. it's back. It, it just makes sense. Again. Like it's one of those things that doesn't like from a cost overhead standpoint, it doesn't cost them anything. Mm-hmm. And what
1: that thing, they actually might make out a little bit in terms of profit.
0: Well, and that's the key is that it, to me, it actually is a great money-making thing because you can, ch- you can charge it and say it's all inclusive. Well, how many times do families not use the full dining plan or not take advantage of all- Or they, that wind, up,
1: they wind up buying the snacks at the end and they have a suitcase full of exactly. Goofy's Candy Company and, or, oh, we got to get Mickey bars because we've got, you know, 30 dining credits back. And for those of you who are not familiar with it, all it is, is you're buying credits. You're buying certain types of credit credits. You're buying snack credits, quick service credits, and table service credits. Snack credits are good towards things in the park that are marked as snacks. Back when the plan was still available, I think these had a value up to $6. They'll probably have a value up to $7 now with the way things are going. Quick service was good up to a certain amount at the quick service location. So you would usually get – what was nice about it and what I always liked about it, Matt, was it always included an entree, a side, a drink – and a dessert. A lot like, of food. Like that was for a quick service. Like that's a lot of food. Like like if, right now you got to buy that stuff
0: individually. If you're getting that, that's 20 bucks
1: easily. Yeah, easily, easily. And you know, we talked about how the mugs you can't use in the parks, well with the dining plan you don't need to worry about that because the mugs you, you get basically your fill of soda while you're in the in the parks uh fountain soda. And if they do it like they used to and I don't know for sure if they're going to with the dining plan, you automatically get the mug. The mug comes with it. It's free. It's part of the package. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of perks with this. I, I, I have an affinity towards it now, like this last trip that we went on, had the dining plan been in effect. No, I, we wanted to have done it. We Mm -hmm. ate two table service restaurants, both at Hollywood studios. Um, If I would have been on the table service plan, I would have been forced to do it two other days. That's just a lot of food and frankly put, um, you know, if you're not a, a lot of big foodies, maybe it's not for you. You know, you, well, we can do the math to kind of, I used to have a spreadsheet that actually kind of, kind of <laughs> thought all that stuff out. But <clears throat> anyway, um one more piece of news that's not parks related. It's actually uh Disney plus and Hulu related. Yeah. Did you see the news that the announcement that Bob Iger made about the combining of content on the Hulu, I'm sorry, on the Disney plus app from Hulu, the laying off of thousands of people from hulu and i think the big one and we've talked about this on the pod the the decrease in the amount of original unique content that they're going to be putting on their streaming
0: services going forward what are your thoughts i mean it answers my question that we i've asked in this pod a bunch of times it's how is this profitable how was live action pinocchio mm-hmm. profitable? Mm-hmm. Because I watched it and then I have not done anything else with it. I have no plans to watch it again. Yep. And... and did it draw
1: you to Disney plus? No, you were already a member. No, I was yeah. already
0: there. So like, fine. It was a great watch, but it wasn't something that like brought me there. Yep. And so, you know, it, it, it makes sense. Cause there's, they, they lost a bunch of subscribers now I, to be, to be fair. Cause everyone's of course, trying to say, Oh, it has to do with X, Y, Z. Ultimately what it has to do is that they dropped cricket in India Mm -hmm. and a bunch of people unsubscribed from it. That's that was the reason.
1: I think that we are coming into the second age of maybe the third age. I don't know of streaming at this point where the major streamers are starting to realize, hold on, we've got to pump the brakes. The ROI that we thought was going to be here. It's not here anymore.
0: I mean, unless they are going to jack up the price to something that's going to cause them to lose more subscribers. That's the key. Because the, the key about it is I get it. Like it is a, okay, I'm not paying for live action Pinocchio, but technically I kind of am if I'm paying blank amount of dollars per month. Yeah. But with the amount, I mean, the Mandalorian and Andor and these Star Wars series, and these Marvel series, they're movies. Those are that is well, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's The
1: amount, the amount of money that they've put into those production budgets, I, just, I don't, I don't know how they are able to recoup that. And again, like Bob Iger said, they need to think about what are the types of choices, the types of entertainment that they're going to produce that are going to drive people to want to purchase that streaming service. And this, I remember, was going to be. I, I remember this was an argument when Disney plus was first announced before we even called Disney plus when Disney said they were considering doing a streaming service with all of their content. I remember people saying like, that's great that we'll have access to all of the old content of the Walt Disney company. But at the same time, how long does that remain a novelty? How long, like for kids? Sure. Yeah. You got kids. That's great. That's awesome. But like, I've talked about on the spot, I've considered canceling my Disney Plus only because I don't find, sometimes I'm just not, I I know it sounds really bad. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood for a Disney movie. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood for Disney content. Like give me something action oriented or give me something R rated that I'm not going to find on Disney Plus, right? You know what my go-to has become
0: is HBO Max. I love HBO Max. I mean, they're, they're another one that have, that have, they're having trouble, (laughs) Well, they're having trouble, but also they've put out some really good content. But the key with all of these streaming services is that even though they've gone to releasing one episode a week, you can just, okay, so you get rid of Disney Plus, but you still want to watch The Mandalorian.
1: You just wait until it comes out. Wait wait till
0: it's all out. You buy the one month and then you binge it in that month and then you cancel it. Like that's the same as saying, okay, what? It's, you know, let's say it's $15 a month that's what you know for you and Nate to go to a movie is what 15 yep. to 20 dollars
1: what I'm shocked that they've not done because they they started like this but then they went to this monthly plan like and why why streamers of all stripes have just not done this it's a yearly subscription you pay it for a full year end of story like you pay it yeah. up front and you got it with an automatic window, like, I I don't know. I know that's an option and you get a discounted rate for that, but why not just make that, but you got to pay for it up front? But again, I still don't know if they have enough subscribers to be able to pay for all of this. Disney is at least in some of a decent position where the content that they have, they own the IP, right? Yes. Other streamers, they got to, they got to pay this stuff. But I just think that we are now entering what is the second or third age of stream the streaming wars. And I think well, the and, landscape we have right now is going to look very different in a I couple think of the years key
0: to tie in what we talked about last week, where Disney kind of got out of the television realm because they were like, listen, our art work movies is our big thing. Yep. So we're going to secede this to the Nickelodeon cartoon network and then go about our business. I mean, Netflix and and HBO Max and and these places like Netflix is still the streaming king like that. That is they still have the hit shows. They still have the the ton of content. Um, HBO Max, I think, is rivaling them with the properties that they have.
1: I'd say but, Hulu's got some some strongholds. I mean, Hulu's got reality. some fun stuff but, too, but, but I
0: yeah. I I just think that Disney is not the king. Oh no, and not I, at all. And I think that that's the key is this is a entertainment realm that Disney is not the the top dog. Yes. And so they kind of have to look at strategically of like, okay, we're not the top dog on this. What do we do?
1: Yeah. The question ultimately becomes: Is in the next ten years, how are people going to be? accessing their entertainment Mm -hmm. well what does that look like and it's so funny i remember 20 some years ago thinking to myself and saying out loud to my friend sam you know like oh you know cable companies are such a crock you know it'd be nice if you could just pick which channels you wanted from this and this and you know that's what we've got now and it's co- it costs just as much as cable used yeah. to cost. Like here's six I'm, HBO Max. Here's sixteen bucks. Here's sixteen bucks to Disney. Here's fourteen bucks to Hulu. Right. Here's eleven ninety nine to Paramount Plus. Right. Thank God Peacock's free, or at least right now. You know, <laughs> like like, but still, that adds up. There's another seventy bucks that I've just paid per month for content that I'm selectively choosing. Right. So, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. But I'm I am I am really interested to see. I think Bob Iger is making a good strategic choice in saying we we don't and I you know what really made me think about this as we kind of head into the Gardens of the Galaxy conversation is do we really need all those Marvel spinoffs on Disney Plus? Are they really driving people to Disney Plus? I don't think they are. I think some of them did. I think ones like Loki and WandaVision and Mm -hmm. even maybe Captain America to some degree. I think Hawkeye too, but some of the other ones, maybe not.
0: What you just, what you just stated was the existing characters that they know and love brought them in, Yes, but the new characters that they introduced now, it will be interesting that, that. You know, the Marvels is the, you know, kind of next movie I to come saw out. The
1: preview for that yesterday. So yeah. cool. And, and by that, the way, I gotta talk to you about something else in a second, too.
0: Yes. And that um that is the first time that we will see a Disney plus to big screen character. And I'm curious how they do this in the movie of do they reference a bunch of things yeah. in the yeah. show?
1: To make people go um, or, back and watch it or
0: something. Yeah. You know? Like will it will it will it see a spike or not?
1: Yeah. So before we get into Guardians, I, I have to I have to do a um a you were right, Matt. Okay. This doesn't happen often. Oh wow. Okay. So we had a conversation several months ago about the DC universe. Oh, do you remember this? I do. And, I was going to bring this up. And I said that, you know what? In a couple of years, DC will be dead. There's no way it's going to rival the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're like, no, Casey, no, Casey. I think it will be a thing. And you, I, you might have even referenced The Flash at the time. I didn't know anything about it. But I have watched now the three different trailer slash previews slash teasers of The Flash, the latest being in the theater yesterday. Watching Michael Keaton say, I'm Batman, and seeing how James Gunn is going to reset this universe and reset us to where we get rid of all this mishigash, get rid of all this craziness, and bring us back and level set us to be able to bring his vision I got goosebumps. I've gotten goosebumps multiple times. And I told Nate yesterday, I said, I have got to tell Matt this. I'm going to do it on the podcast that he was right. I, it still doesn't remain to be seen that okay. it happens, but I'm on team. DC could be a powerhouse. If is like, I've never watched a DC movie yet. I've not watched one since they did this whole DC universe thing. Nate and I have already said, we are going to the theaters to watch this movie. I don't know anything about the character flash, I, but you know what, what got me, Matt? Was I had the same tingles, the same excitement that I got when I heard about the Avengers project and how they were going to start bringing all these. I got that same excitement, like if James Gunn can do this, oh my God, how amazing this is going to be.
0: I, I am after seeing spoiler alert. I loved Guardians three, um, and <laughs> after seeing that, I was more convinced. I was going to come on the pod and be like, "All right, Casey, I got." It. <laughs>
1: well, I beat but you to it,
0: buddy. Just I his his ability to craft characters that you what what makes the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially the the first iteration of it all, so powerful. He, like everybody, not just James Gunn, but they were cre- able to create characters that we cared about. Yes. And yes. that is what in his Guardians trilogy. James Gunn was able to create characters that we really cared about. Able to create a fun story, all three of those movies are what I would consider to be. I just want to have a good time. Let's yeah. throw on Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I think he's going to bring some of that to the DC universe. And so I, again, I'm not saying that DC is going to like surpass Marvel or anything like that. But I I think they're going to be right right up on there. Of
1: well, the 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 deep cut of bringing Michael Keaton's Batman back into the mix. Yeah. And, and Nate's even telling me that in um the show that he's watching on HBO max right now called Titans,
0: mm-hmm. there
1: have been a couple references to that universe. So like, he's creating this multiverse type of thing. I don't know if that's what they call it in DC or not, but that that's what he's creating here. And yeah. I'm, I'm super pumped. Yeah. Flash point anyway.
0: Flashpoint is the like comic that is, this is kind of being based off of, but yeah, it's a perfect, like, all right, we're just, we're resetting the deck. Like yes. it's,
1: it's that's awesome.
0: This, this all happened. We're resetting the deck. So um, yeah, I I'm, I've been super happy with, with what james gunn has done with the marvel cinematic universe and, and this this trilogy now to me brings up the questions of where does this rank in marvel cinematic universe trilogies Ooh, okay, like, all right well I, let's
1: I'm, let's get into it so we're yeah. half an hour into the show at this point we haven't really talked about it yet we're talking guardians of the galaxy volume three uh, debuted in Disneyland Paris on April 22nd, debuted in the United States on May 5th. So it's been out for just about nine days at this point, comes in at a almost whopping two and a half hours. So it's a, it's a longer movie. It's a long movie.
0: Had a it doesn't budget. feel that way though
1: no it didn't we, we had a there's a there's a point right in the middle where it's like oh this is a good, there's always a point right in the middle where it's a good time to take a restroom break and that's, yeah oh of course so yeah but anyway 250 million dollar budget has grossed so far 528 million dollars and it's i believe it's been number one at the box office two weekends in a row at this point as we mentioned earlier it's a long time coming on this particular uh sequel it's been six years since we've seen the guardians um kind of together in their own movie now let's talk about in fairness, there was a lot that's happened since. Yeah. I mean, basically <laughs> since the last time we saw them in an own movie, uh Thanos happened. yeah um, you know, Gamora isn't Gamora anymore, you know. But um, it is but it it isn't is, but. exactly <laughs> So um but one of the biggest reasons why it's been this long is because of kind of the off-screen situation that happened with James Gunn. Um he got in some trouble for some comments that he wrote on Twitter like 12 years ago or 15 I don't know whatever it was and Disney straight up fired him. Yeah. And, and it, there
0: was an outcry, man. Huge backlash because okay, like I, I am an avid believer in this balance of forgiveness and we, we got to like take action against this person. Mm -hmm. Like, like we absolutely should hold people accountable to what they say. However, we have to give people, especially when we pull something up from 10, 12 years ago, when I was 10 to 12 years ago, I was 18 to 20. Mm -hmm. I hope that people are not holding me accountable to what I said when I was 18 years old. It
1: it, it is very, I think fans of the show know that I'm about as leftist and and like liberal as they come. But one of the things that I have a huge, huge, huge problem with on of those who are on my side of the aisle in some cases is this idea of, well, you said this thing at this point in time. So I'm I'm writing you off or what is called cancel culture. Let's just call it what it is. I I firmly believe that people have a chance to grow. People make mistakes. People have a chance to say, I'm sorry. That's what um, we should want. That's what we should this want. This is what we
0: want. <laughs> and and I and, and,
1: and this is what social media has done, is it's 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 given these larger than life platforms to people who that would otherwise not have them. And sometimes the, the, the mistake seems bigger than what it really was. And, and I'll use an example of a political example, Al Franken. Uh, he was a, a, a Senator from, I believe, Minnesota. Yeah. Great Senator during the me too movement, which by the way, was very much needed. That's not what we're saying here. People speaking their truth about things that have happened to them hundred percent understand and agree. Um, Al Franken posed, with someone inappropriately way back in like 2006, there was a picture of it, it surfaced, and he was forced to resign from the United States Senate over this thing that he didn't even do when he was in the Senate. It was when he was yeah. a comedian. Not, am I saying what Al Franken did was wrong or not, right? No, I was absolutely wrong, but he apologized. He apologized, he recognized it, it was a mistake. He learned he should have grown from it. He should never have had to have resigned from that. Like, like that, I just and again, I, 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 this is this idea of let's just base somebody for this one mistake they've made. And that's what happened to James Gunn. And we yeah. lost creative talent because of it over the course of a couple of years.
0: Now, the good news is I, I think that once level heads prevailed, mm-hmm. they then brought him back on. Yep. And um, so then this movie got scheduled.
1: And well, I would say before that, even like so he went on to go to the Suicide Squad. And people were able to see what he was able to do with the Suicide Squad. I would argue that in some ways, him getting over there, doing what he did, is also what led to his ability to come on board and become creative
0: head of DCU. I I think that that I know there's tons of creative people out there, like the Russo brothers, of course, have done, you know, Captain America movies and Avengers movies. I think that Disney and and Kevin Feige and the MCU are going to be kicking themselves that they did not lock James Gunn down for more creative control. I I, I, I think because I, this, this is the first movie that I left feeling satisfied of what I got. In a long time. In a long time. And that's not to say that I didn't enjoy movies. I really enjoyed Wakanda forever. But there were some things about it that I was just like, "Uh, it tried to,
1: it tried too hard. This one you walked in, like, I don't know about you, but like I walked into this one going like, all right, if it ties to the broader MCU, cool. We'll probably have some ties, but I just have fun with these guys. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. That's the thing. is, like, I kind of want to see what happens with Gamora, but okay. You know what? If they don't end up getting back together, I'm okay with that. Like I just want to have fun. Like that's how I feel with the Guardians movies. They have well, they're, they're there to have fun. And these
0: the ties made sense. Yes. The big tie was Gamora is a different Gamora, and mm-hmm. that was really it. Yeah. Um. Like yeah, there was a reference of you know, obviously you're tying back to Guardians one and two. You know, and two with Adam Warlock, um, you know, yep. You no, know, obviously that's what a trilogy does. Um, but like in terms of the greater MCU, it wasn't a big like, all right, we're gonna throw this in and this in and this in. Mm-hmm. And I, I I feel like that's what and even in terms of some of these other movies, like let's look at Eternals. That movie just was trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. There was too many new characters. It was trying to
1: do too much, yet you still, to this day, I don't, we don't have any idea of how it ties into anything. Well, and
0: and, uh, the question that I have after every MCU movie is, so guys, there's a giant celestial that's just, remember at the end of that movie, they defeat the celestial, like, it's like frozen in the earth no one cares about this. Yeah. We're not going to reference this. Now yeah. this one's a little bit different because it's in space. So I understand we're not referencing it, whatever it's fine. Um, You know, then you have, um then you have, you know, I, again, like really like Shang-Chi. And well, let's that just call one.
1: Fa- Let's just call phase four for what it was. Phase four was a mess.
0: It, it's, fa- it's phase like-
1: four. Now that we're starting to get into phase five and I know Ant-Man quantum mania had some, because I think that was also the start of phase five. Um, Like I know that that had some, critics and i get it it was just okay but phase four was just a mess man like it was a mess of stuff yeah, and it seemed I, to have lasted forever
0: it it lasted a very long time now i i think the, the problem that i that i had with ant-man quantumadian we talked about on this pod it wasn't an ant-man movie it was okay we got to introduce the next big bad and we're putting it in an ant-man movie and mm-hmm. so like it what made the first two ant-man movies really really fun it didn't do that. And that was what was the twinge of worry in my brain was, oh no, are they going to do this to Guardians 3? Are they going to try to shoehorn something in here that, that gets rid of the feel of Guardians and I'm going to left with like, okay, I mean, cool that I... I got this part of the MCU to develop, but it didn't really feel like a guardians of the galaxy. No,
1: they kept it within the family. Literally. I mean, the development of everything we got was based around the character. There was no introduction at any high level of any new character that we didn't already know. Even like the villain was probably the only one, like the, the high evolutionary was like the introduction of the new characters. Like other than that, like, all of the other characters that we wanted to fall in love with, we already knew enough about. Yeah. And we kind of knew their backstory. Even if you were a lay, I mean, I haven't watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 since we like literally reviewed it on the Infinity Saga series, right? So it's been several years since I've watched it. Even without remembering all that knowledge from part two, like I was, I was good to go. I was good yeah. to go. Oh yeah, I remember these guys. I fell right back in line with these characters. And well, it and was even- nice to be able to get start to see some backstory and some development on all of them and see yeah. where not only where they came
0: from, but where they're going. Well, I look at the development of like, let's take Gamora out of this because Gamora's character is just very, very common. Well, She's not really
1: Gamora. She's, she's not, the not really Gamora. Know.
0: Yeah. The arc that Peter Quill takes from one to three, the arc that Drax takes from one to three, that it's mm-hmm. all about Thanos killed my family to now, I need to be this father figure. To be a dad.
1: Yep. For, you know, the Nebula. Nebula's arc is absolutely amazing. By the way, when did Nebula become the Terminator? Like, seriously, when did she get the ability to shape shift her arms? Why do I not remember that?
0: I think that's just one of those. She upgraded it here on Nowhere. Everyone just accepted okay. it and move on.
1: <laughs> I just was like, okay, am I watching the Terminator now? Like, she, she reminded me of the Terminator being able to do all
0: that stuff. She basically was a shapeshifter. Yeah, but her, to, for her arc to go from, she's yes. the, you know, and one of the antagonists. Yeah, she, in was, the she first, was a villain in the yeah, first one. Yeah, the first two movies to go to that to. Now a, a trusted ally who is bringing nowhere, being the one to rebuild nowhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, even like this sounds weird, but even look at Groot's arc. Yeah, that. Who he is in all of his appearances are a little bit different. Where the first one, he's this, you know, adult. Well, the first one,
1: the first one, he's a different group altogether. The first one, he's Groot. It's the second one, he's baby Groot. And we've got to see baby Groot, this new incarnation, grow from baby Groot to teenage to kid Groot to Teenage Groot to Young Adult Groot to finally the adult, the adult groot that we get here. And he grows into this bad, you know what, man. Yeah. And then, of course, what do you think of the part at the end? when when he goes i love you guys
0: yeah oh that that's... was
1: so cool and james gunn has confirmed the whole reason behind that is is that we can understand him now we're yes. part of the family like i knew that's where he was going i was like this is so cool that we could hear him say that like how awesome is
0: that it's just a great little a, a great little nugget there and yeah. then of course Kragland. Man the, the, well, hold on Craglin well, even Craglin's yeah. story
1: too having him kind of take on um you know like the mantle of Yandu and and Yandu the cameo of Yandu in there like I was midway through I was like oh my god please tell me they're going to have a cameo of Yandu in here somewhere be it a vision yeah. or, or a dream or something to have him show up and then sure enough they do that for for Craglin to be able to use the the arrow and be able to take like that was perfect like just call it, call it fan service. Fine. Whatever. I don't care. I'm okay with that, man. I was you, totally
0: okay with that. You need the, in these types of movies, you do need fan service. You, you do like fan service is not a bad thing. Like you better bet that I am still excited about a whole fight scene. Uh, that is set to "No Sleep Till Brooklyn" by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> it was you amazing. better bet that I am excited. It about It was
1: that. amazing. Oh, oh my goodness! And then, and then uh, he pulled on the emotional, the emotional things. Go ahead. I know you're. going to I mean, go there. you've got Rocket. Rocket yes. now.
0: I mean, it, this is my question after this movie. I was like, is Rocket a top five MCU character? For, do I need to redo my top ten? Mm. Like, I this character goes from like you know watching Guardians one and into Guardians two and now. You know, this really focuses on his backstory with Guardians with Guardians three and how he is this experiment. We knew that, like we knew that he was an experiment, but to see what he went through and to see what makes him special, that he is the one experiment of this Mm -hmm. high evolutionary that was able to essentially have critical thinking ability.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: And I, and I want to talk about the villain very, very quickly. Well, I was going to go
1: there in a minute. I was going to ask you a question about, so him, I but... guess,
0: a rocket. Like, I want to get your
1: thoughts. Yeah, on no, 100 percent. I, I First of all, I think this is one of the, the one of the only MCU movies that employs the whole flashback technique as much yeah. as it did. That was interesting from a pacing perspective, because we don't usually get that with MC movies, but it fit perfectly into the story, like even the way James Gunn like has that the key card at the very beginning of the movie you don't even know what that is like you know something i I, you know so at first i thought it was like the top of a cassette player or something is what it looked like no idea and then in midway through you see oh he's put this thing together he's going to get them out and you're rooting for him you're going oh my god they're going to get out this is this is the start of rocket story and then to see lila get shot and killed in the in the anger that comes over rocket and then to see floor and Teefs get killed after the shootout and and to see what he does to the the, the high evolutionary face, or at least what you think he does and then you kind of realize that that's what why he's wearing the mask that he's wearing whatever but just it gives you so much more depth into who rocket is into why he was so guarded um and, and i'm gonna be honest with you there were a couple of points where because i knew this was the end of the trilogy like are we losing rocket Like, I thought we were going to lose Drax. I thought Drax got killed in that scene where he got shot, right? So there was that moment where we think Drax is dead. I thought we were going to lose Rocket. I thought we were going to lose Star-Lord. Yeah. Like, all three of those. Like, they did a really good job about making us believe that, hey, these three could be gone at any point during the movie. And they got me every time. Like, are we going to lose them? Are we going to lose them? Okay. Big, bad, baddie. High evolutionary. High evolutionary. Never heard of him before this. I know he's a, a comic book villain. That's fine, but he was not introduced before this. Here's what I love about him. I love that he was able to be used to tie up some loose ends throughout the MCU. Like where were the sovereign and how did they come to be right? Like he's gone around and created upteen different civilizations people look at him as a God, that line where he goes, there is no God. That's why I stepped in. Yeah. Oh, talk about some amazing writing right there. Um, and, but in a lot of ways he was trigger warning for people here. He was Hitler ish in a lot of ways. He wanted to create the perfect being and he committed genocide. I mean, I I know it was a great movie, but counter earth, all those
0: people, all those beings died on counter earth. Well, I know before the movie, like they talked to James Gunn talked about how this is not a Loki type villain where you're like praying for redemption story. You see some good in him. Like this is a, I absolutely detest this.
1: Were you you cheering out loud when every
0: member of the team
1: got to kick his ass? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Excuse my language, but every single one of them, I was like. They were they were they were beating him down the way that I wanted to beat him down yes. for Rocket, you know? Yes.
0: Here's how you know this was such a good portrayal of a villain. James Gunn had to post a photo off that was like on set of the actor in his high evolutionary gear like cuddling a puppy, saying, This guy is a good guy and loves animals. <laughs> this is not like do not attack him. He is playing a character that does not. Wow. The actor himself loves animals. Wow. Like That's how you know that that actor played the living daylights oh, out of that. He did, did such the, the, a the good The sign
1: job. of an amazing actor is when you can look at the actor and, and have the test for the actor himself. It, he, he, he did. The, the, the villain. And again, I know you have your villain's theory I think this flies in, in, the, in kind of like a contradiction to it. It's a one and done villain, but they did such a great job of setting. I think the fact that we got those backstories, we got those flashbacks, yes. gave us enough about him to absolutely detest him in the present time.
0: Because not only with those flashbacks, not only were we learning about Rocket we were learning about rocket's relationship with the high evolutionary. Yes. yes. And, and then um, that helped develop that villain. I I think that that's what, 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 what I love the most about this movie. And this whole trilogy is just the entirety of the character development, even the characters that are in it for a small amount of time. Craglin is a nobody in, in the first one. Yeah. And goes into this highly important character by, by volume three um Cosmo comes in during the holiday special and is th- considered this really good character um it, it, they, there's this way that they, that we can connect with these characters and even in some cases like with the high evolutionary absolutely detest this character in in just a, like three or four scenes seeing his actions of being like oh yeah, I don't like this character and I really am happy when his demise is going to happen. <laughs>
1: 100%, 100%. And of course, obviously there's the conclusion at, at the end with Star-Lord himself going back to Earth, which is really exciting. And and, and his grandfather being there yeah. and being able to hug his grandpa and his grandpa recognizing him and him being able to take a break for just a little bit from the the Guardian's life and just be a person again be a human again be able to sit back of course then if they tease at the end that the legendary star lord will return it doesn't say when yeah it doesn't say how it you know will he be back for the avengers and i think this is this is something from a broader perspective matt that i'm i am very excited that like we're starting to see full arcs of a lot of these original characters come to be And if they pick up the mantle again, great. But otherwise we've got, you know, like I would love to see a guardians four with rocket leading the team. And, and where do they go? Or does rocket come back for Avengers? Who knows? I I don't know. Um, the, the, the girl at the end in the, um, in the mid credits, in the mid credits. So she is actually a, a, a known character, um, that has similar powers as the Marvels. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if she shows up anywhere. You know, an older version of her at some point.
0: Well, and Adam Warlock is a huge character in the mm-hmm. comics. That they really. What do you don't think?
1: Ex- what do you think? They, how do you feel about how what they did with him? Do you feel they used him the right way?
0: I, I think he's fine. Uh, it, it was fine. Were I, you I, expecting
1: I, more? I mean, the way I was that expecting they expecting a little more. I was too. The fact um, that they played him up as like a child was really interesting.
0: I, but I the the fact that so the the big thing in the comics adam warlock's big thing is the infinity saga series like mm-hmm. that's where he comes into play yeah so the fact that he wasn't in the previous infinity saga series um kind of has given me like this okay they're clearly going in a different direction so i'm just not going to worry about it and i'll yeah. see what they do i you know I, I i i think it's this new team is really interesting with like this kraglin cosmo mm-hmm. rocket groot uh, you know, there's, there's some fun there. Um, I'm curious now you're right. Like, okay. There's no scheduled guardians for, well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so what is this team doing? Like, I think
1: we have a D 23 coming up later this year. Don't we? I
0: believe we do. So, so
1: I- I'm, I mean, there disney's got some stuff to start announcing here yeah. between
0: marvel and star wars and parks like well i mean the star wars stuff has kind of already been announced but yeah like, but we like, know that there's three go, movies to coming. go
1: more detailed though kind of what's yeah. going to
0: happen i don't no, know, i hear but... you
1: so all right um, so just, back to oh, the question is, you yeah. asked okay yes okay one of these days we're gonna have to reevaluate this but on a scale of one to ten Okay, we actually have to do this two ways. In the modern era of MCU, that is
0: Phase Four and Phase Five. Yes. Where do you put this? Oh, this is number one for me. This like is number one in, in terms of movies, this is number one. It's it's okay. clear as day. This this felt like I this felt like I'm going to see an MCU movie and I'm enjoying it. Um, not that again. I don't want to say that the other movies were bad that I did not enjoy them. I enjoyed them. But I just didn't, and maybe it's it's again not fair because this is characters that I already knew. Yeah, but like remember, Phase Four and Phase Five
1: have a lot. Like for me, I I tie this with like Spider Man No Way Home.
0: Uh, I mean, Spider Man no, no Way Home was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. I I like this better. Okay, I think, that's I mean, fair. That Spider Man No Way Home is definitely number two. But I it just I. Just, I, I can't wait to see this movie again. Okay. Like, I, I, right. I want to go see it again right now. All what right, so
1: now, well, again, I, I tie it with Spider-Man No Way Home. It's it's yeah. right up there in terms of, of, of the number one, number two spot for phase four and phase five. Okay, so now we get into all of MCU. We'll do your question about trilogies in a yeah. minute, but all of MCU, would you put this in, we'll do it in quadrants, top 25, Second 25, 3rd, 25, 4th, 25.
0: I mean, I think this is this is in the top 25%. For would me. you put a top 10, top 10? Not
1: top 10 movies, but top 10%. Top 10% so percent of the of the 30, what is this, 32 or 33? I think this is. I, I
0: don't know if I'm quite there because okay. then you're starting to get into, you know, end game. This is a 32nd I, film. So yeah. top 10% would be the
1: would you put this in top three?
0: I, I, it's not in top three. Top five. I, mm. Even that, I think top 10 is a good, okay. is a good, All right. like it, All right. it's definitely in my top 10, Okay, but um, you know, I've still got, I mean, end game is just it, that, that movie is just going to be hard to dethrone That's because fair. of what that movie is. All right. So then let's so, think yeah.
1: of the, let's think of the, then the movies in the MCU that have had three or more made. So you've, so got, you've got Iron Man.
0: Yep. Captain America. Captain
1: America. you got Thor. Thor. You've got the Avengers. I think that one we kind of have to have on its own. Yeah, I so that, think
0: I, I yeah. think that like single Okay, okay. Single okay. So, story Avengers so. Yeah, so Avengers go away. Avengers is the old, so thing.
1: so Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, um, um, Ant-Man. Yep. So there's four. Uh Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Guardians. What am I missing? Any others?
0: Um, there's not any that have had a because like Wakanda Forever is a sequel, but yep. there's no trilogy. There's no trilogy yet. Um let me, see oh, I, let me pull uh, this up say proud, sure. but i don't i don't think anything else is is like a trilogy i think those are the six
1: i'm just gonna look just to be sure i cannot uh, believe
0: that ant-man is one of those six
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right list of marvel cinematic films uh,
0: someone's scree- like if we're missing one someone's screaming at their yeah I'm looking, right I'm looking right now <laughs> i'm looking um
1: dr strange is a sequel uh, um black panther is a sequel um deadpool will have a third one but that's not quite there yet so
0: yeah
1: um okay so that would be the six so okay those six of those think about those six franchises make up 18 of those 32 movies anyway crazy. uh put them in order what are your favorite franchises
0: um I think I think Ant Man is probably at the bottom. I love okay. Ant Man, okay, but just in 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 terms of trilogies, those are just come on, okay. Um, I think Thor is after is is right at right is so next five,
1: up. so at five, okay.
0: I, yeah, I think that's five. Um, Iron Man probably at four. Um, okay, I, I like one, two, and three are kind of you know right. <laughs> iffy All for right. me. Um, then you've got. Okay, what do I have left? Yeah, Captain Spider- America. Spider-Man, Captain America, and Guardians. Oh, man. This is where it gets tough, because these these are clearly the cream of the crop in trilogies. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I'm going to put it Spider-Man at three, Guardians at two. I still think all Captain right, America... All right. uh, man winter soldier and civil war are, are going to be really they are, well. When you, when
1: you have two movies that are in especially civil war that are literally deemed avengers point whatever because they're kind of in between and they hold the glue together absolutely so yeah,
0: yeah.
1: um i didn't realize this but i guess they are officially calling phases four five and six the multiverse saga okay so that okay. is the official name that that they have given this now is the multiverse saga okay. um but yeah ant-man and the wasp was the official start Two Phase Five Guardians of the Galaxy is next, or is right now, and then Marvel happens next, and then Captain America: New World Order is next year. So, That's we right. have got some um, some fun stuff ahead of us. Again, Phase Four was just a cluster, though; it was just yeah. a cluster. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it went on forever, but it only really did go on for like eighteen months.
0: Well, and here's the thing: it we could look back and go, "Oh, Phase Four actually makes more sense now in a year and a half." Yes, yes. But just right now, it's this it's this sea of loose strings. That's just hanging that I'm going, I don't even know what to do with all of this. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: uh, any other final thoughts on, on uh, uh, guardians before we get out of here?
0: You haven't seen it. Go go see it. Hopefully,
1: hopefully you can see we did spoil it for you, but yeah. Yeah. But uh,
0: um, just it's, it's go see it again. Like I I'm, I'm itching to go see it again.
1: Yeah. I I'm with you. I think it's a, it's a must do. Um, it's just a lot of fun. You're going to have a great strap time. strap in. You're, you're good to go. So, um, all right, let me do a quick little advertisement for y'all because I haven't done one yet. Are you itching to go to Walt Disney world or Disneyland and just not sure how to start planning? Has it been more than five years since you've been to the parks and you're overwhelmed by all the changes or are you a Disney pro who has no problem planning, but would rather leave it to an expert and who can do it for you? Or do you want complete control like Matt and don't mind having a travel planner, get everything booked. And magical Memories by Casey is right for you. Whether you want somebody to plan it all or you would rather have complete control and just simply need somebody to process your payment, I can do both and everything in between. And since it costs you nothing extra, using Magical Memories by Casey is like getting that one friend who knows all the insider knowledge to make your trip as perfect as possible. Head on over to www.caseywooley.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y-W-O-O-L-E-Y.com. And fill out one of my planning blueprints for either Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Universal Studios, Cruise Line, or basically any vacation. And I will start planning today. No matter where you want to travel, I can help. And we already talked about why 2024 is a great year to go.
0: Yep. So start lots planning. of great things. So lots of great things. There's a Guardians roller coaster. <laughs> there is. Oh, it's so amazing. It too. So, good. It so good. So good. So. All right. Well, it's closing time, Matt. How do they get a hold of us? You can email us beersandyears and ears nineteen twenty-eight at gmail.com, Facebook group Beers and Ears Podcast, Twitter, Instagram at Beers nineteen twenty-eight. Um, you can now watch some videos on YouTube. Are you going to um, put them up? Or are we going to do it? There's one video up Wait, there. Where I have more in the bin. I have been recording some of me playing Ticket to Ride. Ah, um, what's
1: the what's the YouTube channel? I don't think I'm a member. Uh,
0: Sorcerer Network is. Oh, is, okay. It's I guess just I should... Sorcerer Network.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Gmail, Sorcerer um, Network. It's the Beers
0: okay. Nears logo right now. Um, uh, because I, I didn't have any other logo on my computer. I just didn't want it to be empty. Ah. Oh, there it is. We're to work. Um, yes. So yes, I have exactly one video Describe. up. Lots more coming because I'm doing some like computer gaming, things like that. Um, I'm also going to um, take some of these moments that you can't see. So like the moment that Casey said, um, I have to tell you, you're right. i want to post this because oh, how the joyous look on my face, um, and some other stuff. From, you better be from, careful.
1: I can use this against you too. Is all I gotta say. And oh. I know the
0: password. I know the password. I oh say. yeah, absolutely. Oh please. Uh, so uh, you know, now that we've got Zoom and we're we're oh. we're doing some uh 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 you know video recording where i may throw up some clips there as well so um i have now started to populate that so if you can find sorcerer network on youtube and hit that i'm going i'm going to sound i'm going to sound off awesome. sound... smash yeah. that subscribe
1: yes baby <laughs> i am officially subscribed to the sorcerer yeah. network it's at sorcerer network 4425 who how are there 4424 other sorcerer networks out i think there?
0: that was just a random number okay just okay. you know, search source sorcerer network. Um so um so yeah, definitely check that out. It's a little you know, I'm 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 I, I kinda had that as my next phase because it's really much easier for me to do individual recordings of these things than it is um i'm hoping to get back to live streaming at some point but um that just takes a much larger time commitment and this pesky like nine to five job makes me tired at the end of the yeah, day you got kids and, and kids all stuff and, too you know yeah so but. you know it, it's it, so but this youtube thing has been really really fun i've enjoyed playing ticket to ride and some other games so cool uh, yeah check that out what is ticket to ride it's a really fun um uh, train based board game that um you have to uh um you have to like claim routes and build your train empire and So it's, it's a like really, a th- train
1: version of Settlers of Catan. A little bit. It's really okay. the or thing risk, I like about it is risk.
0: it's it's really simplistic. Okay. Like it's 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 a really easy game to pick up. Um it's really accessible, yet it has some like deeper strategy to it as well. Cool. So
1: All right. Well, let's go ahead and raise our glasses. This episode has been on us. Next week, we are going to be doing the top 10 ways to save money at Walt Disney World. Or save, save, not save money, but actually save for a trip to Walt Disney World. We already did the top 10 ways to save money. So, all right. Have a good one, everybody. Bye, everyone.